take the off-beaten path, try something new, and dare to be different. Check out Narrowwood and watch us for unique timepieces made from wood, pearl, and stone that are both sustainable and stylish. We also plant a tree for every watch sold. Visit our website now at narrowwatches.com offbeat to check out our collection. Use the code OFFBEAT to get 10% off your purchase. Hello, welcome to Hashtag Off The Record, a special Project Offbeat series specifically catered for casual convos. We do this so we can get to know them beyond their careers, the human behind the job, expect pressing talk of the town questions, and fun challenges. If you haven't listened to the episode on EJ Obiena's path, we highly suggest you to start there first. In today's segment, we are joined by national athlete and pole vault superstar EJ Obiena. Welcome to the show, EJ. Thank you so much. That superlative of super is always, always fun <laughs> to hear. <laughs> All right. I think why don't we get things started off with the big questions. Um, thank you for our sponsor, Narrowwood and Watches, for um, you know helping us with this segment. Okay, EJ, our very first question for you. Who is EJ Obiena in an alternate world where he followed everything that his parents told him to do so you know, in his young career? I'm probably working in TI, graduated uh, electronics <laughs> engineering. And, oh my God, really? Yeah, probably working a corporate job, probably a technician more than more than anything else. Right. I mean, you, even if they have these athlete backgrounds, parang it's so, I, I don't know why they don't like, you know, tell you, uy, mag-athlete ka na like us, di ba? Parang wala bang ganun among your parents. <laughs> well, they wanted me to be an athlete until I graduated university. You know that's that pretty much it. <laughs> that's uh, the, the um. I mean, I guess everybody here is like a Filipino Chinese, some in some sort. So, you you understand that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why, right? I mean, but hey, EJ, thanks for you know, uh, <laughs> really you know, somewhat rebelling on their end, right? Now you're here, <laughs> a superstar <laughs> on your own, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, I I I think that was a great move on your end. You mentioned that you came from a track athlete family. I'm just wondering, though, why do you think it your family was drawn to like athlete athletics or track versus the more popular sport that you know the whole country is uh, obsessed with, which is basketball and volleyball? Oh, my dad is he he grew up well, he he grew up very late it's like his late 20 20 23 24 that's mm-hmm. that's where he actually grew up he's very small when he was he graduated um his uh technical course very quite small like maybe five two five three mm. so he, he was like a very close to being a midget <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> you know um basketball doesn't love love uh people who doesn't have height so he wasn't so keen to that he actually started as a long distance runner it's something that he could do at that time mm, just have right. fun you know something that like you guys is something that he can do after his his job and my mom he saw it as a ticket for university a scholarship and uh, a free ride basically for you know five years of that expensive college tuition for sure um ej um, the world knows so much about you with all the headlines that the media, the common mainstream media talks about, right? You've broken records here and there and whatnot. But I think in our podcast, we want to ask you a question. Can you tell us something you wish the world knew more about you uh, that mainstream media yes. doesn't talk much about? I don't know if I want the media knowing a lot of things. You know? <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm, I've been very, my, my approach in this is just being very candid. So I, I don't really have red tape, you know, if I, 
of course there are, but you know, I try to avoid it as much as I can. I just speak what I think and I, I do what I, I believe. And I don't really have anything that I wish that they would have known more. Maybe just appreciate the, you know, the the struggles in the daily life with a national athlete, not just for me, you know, for every one of my fellow athletes that, you know, we we go through these rigorous training. And I think just just that, I guess. I mean, other than that, I don't really have to be honest, I don't really have anything that I would want the media to 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 take more attention to. <laughs> okay. How about this? Can you tell us something you wish the media won't highlight you too much on? Right? They talk about so many things <laughs> about you. Are there anything that you good, would have? Good you follow up. Chance, good follow up. Right? If you have this chance, <laughs> PJ, tell them, could you please not touch that part of my life? Uh, what would that be? Probably the controversies, you know, the things mm-hmm. that I do say sometimes. Yeah. yeah. As I said, you know, I've been very candid. I sometimes <laughs> regret that, but I think in the long run, I think that's that's just me being me. It's, yeah, yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, the controversies. I just, I don't like seeing my name. So oh, the childish should be in on this and that. Like, yeah, I get, I get a lot of articles that are not so nice as well. You know, I get, of course, you know, uh, good articles, but yeah, sometimes it is just a word that I said and just don't overthink it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But hey, Draymond Green is not Draymond Green if he's not without his controversies, right? <laughs> Same with Dennis Rodman, right? And EJ Oviana is not EJ Oviana without those candidness, right? So, okay. Off to you, Matt. For our listeners, we apologize for all of the basketball references. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> but um, I guess I want to tackle a little bit about the sport that EJ plays now. But an aspect that isn't as um, as discussed enough. Um, sometimes when we see you play, it's kind of jarring to see you in like pack avenues or venues all over the world. Um, people cheering for you. Do you enjoy that atmosphere? Because I noticed that you... Uh, get the crowd to clap for you before you do your your yeah. uh, jump. No, does it actually help, or parang does it add like more pressure, or what? To be honest, it, it helps because I think pole vaulting is a very mental sport. In right. the moment that you just let loose and relax and let your your training kind of take over, that's where you're gonna jump your best. And sometimes getting the crowd involved gets you. Just, you know, your mind is so overwhelmed with adrenaline. Mm. You just want to jump. I just want to jump. And I think that's for me is something that I enjoy. And I, I mean, as I said, you know, I enjoy feeling this, this pressure, this, this sense of people expecting something from you, something great, something amazing. It's a privilege. And yeah, I just love that idea. You know, having all of these crowd clapping and synchronized to the way I want them to I feel like a rock star, man. Like you don't get to do that. And not yeah. probably not like a lot of people get to do that. So yeah, I take advantage of it. And uh, sometimes I make a little bit of a weird, weird, um, weird things for them to follow. So sometimes <laughs> I just clap like, okay, like, like progressive clap, then they, they do it. And sometimes I want them to clap like, and stop, and stop. And then, you know, I kind of, I felt like, I, I really sometimes do feel like a rock star doing that. It's just, it's some, something fun. Alam mo, Lance, parang there was this one competition. I don't know wh- where it was. I'm not sure if it was during the Tokyo Olympics. But EJ was clapping his hands. Then the crowd was clapping behind him. But then he was, EJ was like, no, no, this way. 
I'm not sure. Huh? Meron, diba? yeah. yeah, I do that. There wow. was, there was sometimes, the, you know, so... they just clap like it's oh, like oh, out oh. of rhythm, and I'm like, oh, like guys, let's let's no, do no. it all together, you know? Yeah. No, no. Or conductor palat si <laughs> Right? <laughs> <laughs> DJ, did, they, did, they, did the crowd, a huge crowd, ever make you cry? Uh, albeit a tears of joy or a tears, tears of, of like, joy. overwhelm. Is there any any moment? Yeah. I mean, in, in Paris, uh, after Tokyo, that is something. That, that crowd is, uh, was amazing. It was amazing. They were just cheering in every pole vaulter. But then, of course, you know, the less vaulter that's in the competition, the louder the roar is. I remember there was a guy there with a megaphone just shouting Obiena like so loud and I'm just like I was having Damn. a really bad day at the start but then I I would say you know the credit goes to them they just made me forget that I was having a really bad day I just That's jumped beautiful. the way I jumped and I I just let loose and I just really feel the crowd and really just focus on 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 those moments and that they want me to jump therefore I need to jump and yeah I'm able to jump a new personal best and I think that yeah, that in itself is it's amazing and yeah that that made me tear up on yeah. tears of joy probably but another the other side of the spectrum yeah made me feel like terrible back in my Ateneo days I competed in the uni, uni, uni games it's called uni games in Bacolod mm. And uh, in Bacolod, there's uh, there's La Salle there, you know, La Salle Bacolod. And uh, I was competing with my my rival at that time from La Salle. And I was about to jump. And then I all that I can hear is a roaring animal La Salle. I'm, <laughs> I'm about to jump. I feel so small. And I'm, you know, I really, I think I, I just broken down. And I don't know. I just didn't want to feel that again. I was like, I, I, next time, do that. I'm going to make the bar, make you all just. Mm zip your mouth yeah. yeah so you Silencer. know I, mm-hmm. yeah that that I, i i cried after that i was just like yeah, i felt so so small like i was so afraid i was like <laughs> the whole freaking stadium was shouting out and i'm the one <laughs> jumping with a big at the nail my chest i was like they didn't want me there, you know? <laughs> right right i guess that's why athletes and, and the teams professional teams fight so much over home home court advantage Parang sobrang laking bagay nun, right? Because a crowd can literally win you a game. Like like what happened with you in Paris, diba? So, yeah. True. Pero that's the It thing, no? Helps. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, no? EJ is competing in venues where maybe there's not a lot of Filipinos. It's always... Diba? The, oh, oh, diba? Alam mo yun? Parang that's why it's so jarring to me. It's like all of these, like, uh, you know, all of these... Uh, sabihin na natin, diba? Yung mga, like, white people... Uh, cheering on uh, an Asian dude. It's like it's so. It's such a. It's such oh, a. Imagine. It's such. It's such a sight that you're not used to, and it's like so empowering. It's bizarre but fun. <laughs> um, All right. This was asked to your, I guess your fellow Olympians and uh, your competitors as well. No, um, I want to add a little bit of competition here. What What would your answer be? In your opinion, what are the most important factors in jumping high? Jumping high is yeah. being able to diet. believe that you can jump high. You know, wow. to be honest, I really? think that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Because in, in our sport, the, the less you believe in yourself, the more dangerous it actually becomes. You know, the more doubt that you have going into that box, the slower you are, the more chances you get 
fling back to the ground. You know, so I guess it is the belief, at least in this time, I would say that. And of course, number very close number two is just a physical attribute of everything. You need to be conditioned. You need to be at the top of your top of your game, healthy, explosive mm. as much as you can. But all of that doesn't count if mentally you're not there. Yeah. So right. I'll, I'll I'll keep repeating it. It is it is mental. That's and okay. and height doesn't actually matter in this in this sport technically, right? Uh, it it like, does, but it doesn't as well. You know, there's like mm. pros and cons. So mm-hmm, right. it's taller you are, the easier you get on a bigger stick on a longer pole. So it's easier to kind of, I guess, jump higher. But then mm-hmm. it's much more difficult for a bigger guy to actually do what Galois is doing. You know, to get yeah. upside down. Oh, because yeah, of your center tough. of gravity. Exactly. Oh, okay. It, yes, and yes, also yes. the yeah. levers. You know, just imagine. Kai Soto doing the bars. Oh, no. <laughs> would have done three rounds already and yeah, probably right. would just be like halfway oh, there. So yeah. for us, it's the same because we, we need to get upside down. So yeah, you get a longer pull, but then are you going to get in the right position to actually hit that, that vertical? So it is awesome. a pro, but it could it's also is a con for some. EJ, talk to us about your relationship with Uh, legendary coach uh, Vitaly Petrov. I hope I'm I'm pronouncing his name correctly, right? Yeah. Um. You know. Nice. You mentioned in a lot of your interviews that he was like a father figure to you already, right? Uh, can you share us your relationship with him? No. Uh. Did is he more of a tough love kind of guy, or is he these this sweet charming guy? Uh. Behind the scenes. Uh. Any <laughs> any any inputs on that? Sweet and charming, probably not. That, <laughs> he's far from that. He's he he's very nice. He's uh, don't get me wrong. He's a uh, he's tough when it's where the track. He's very tough. He he would not be telling you things that you want to hear. You, he he would tell you things that you need to hear. And I think as much as he is my my biggest believer that I can jump, he is also probably the the guy who tells me a lot of times that so maybe you should quit, you know, um, he just tells what he thinks. And I think that's one of the things that I love about him. Um, as I said, he, he's like a second father to me because outside of the track, outside of all that hustle and bustle and travel, he's a really nice guy. He mm. wants to help and he sees his coaching us, you know, his knowledge of, producing this world-class athletes as a way to change someone's life and it is truly a fact especially for me you know um i was a nobody as i said and i i went here and he took me as his own and he trained me as well as he can you know he spent his time and energy at that age to be the athlete that i am now so i am i'm forever in depth with him And I'm truly am grateful that I met such a guy that, you know, so selfless and so motivated to make me and not just me, like other other people like me to be a better pole vaulter. And that's his way of of giving us the best opportunity at life. I guess in your journey to be the top of the world, there's always that special club that Uh, I feel like it's the aim of any world-class pole vaulter. Can you talk to us about the six meters club and how difficult it is to actually achieve that? 
Oh, that is difficult, man. Um, so just to give you a perspective, um, there's not a single Asian who have ever done that in the history of the sport. And I think you can, there's less than 30 or maybe, yeah, probably less than 30 athletes have ever jumped over that in the mm -hmm. whole, the longest time. So maybe Mondo makes it look easy, but it's not, trust me. If it was, and everybody would have been jumping six meters, he is just a freak of nature. I love yeah. him. And, you know, he's just truly as a freak of nature. And it is an elite, you know, that I think when you jump six meters, that's the moment you can say, yeah, I'm, I'm at the top of my game. This is, you know, nobody can say that I'm, I'm a terrible pole vaulter, you know. Right. Not a single person can say that you don't know how to vault, except my coach. But, you know, <laughs> it is just that that another badge in your in your career that says, yeah, I was I was a six meter jumper. It is something that not a lot of people have done and probably going to be that way for the next, I don't know, century or so. Awesome. OK, um, here's a here's my last question, uh, EJ. How, what's it like to have a, a partner that's a fellow athlete like yourself in the same field? Right. Uh, is that something nice? Is that something that, uh, you know, people would uh, and, and that support system would be much, much more rich if, if it's someone that's in your field? Could you share to us about that? Well, currently I'm dating my uh, I'm dating my girlfriend. That's kind of weird. Yeah, but I'm, I'm dating a triple jumper. You know, um, I, in my opinion, it is it is it is helpful. She understands the time and she understands that, hey, there's going to be like four hours in the day that I can't sure. pick up the phone because I'm going to be in training. Oh and God. she knows that, Hey, you know, the hectic travel and then all of these doping controls and, you know, even the food, you know, like going out doesn't just define like, Hey, yeah, let's go out. Where do you want to go? McDonald's or something. Now we can't, you know, we go do this. Yeah. We need to find where it's, there's like quality food. There's actually, but then you can still enjoy. So in my opinion, it is a pro in, in, in my side of things because I I currently live here in Formia alone and you know having someone that understands my day-to-day -day and understands the daily struggles is it's a big help and you know not For a sure. lot of people would be in the same shoe then yeah sometimes you get to compete at the same meet and yeah you know that's a free free vacation <laughs> <laughs> um well uh, one last thing for big question sponsored by Nara Wooden Watches. Can you, I've always wanted to ask this question to you, by the way. Um, can you talk about your love of like multicolored socks? Because I, <laughs> it's the first, like when I watched you in the Tokyo Olympics, you wore, if I'm not mistaken, it's the SpongeBob and Patrick one, I think. Patrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and sometimes you change it up. Like, can you talk about that? I try to... <sighs> I try to change it up as much as I can. I think it's something that kind of grow on me. Uh, I, I never really did that before. Um, I only started doing that like in 2020 when COVID hit. Um, it's a reminder for me uh, that it's still a sport. It's still a game. It's still, it's still a game. You know, don't take it so seriously. Don't be so caught up in that pole vaulting life. And I think that socks just kind of shows that, you know, yeah, we are still athletes. 
as much as it is serious, as much as it is important, as much yeah. as it is the next jump might change my life. Mm-mm. It is still not my life. It is still just Povel. Beautiful. You know, you know, it is it is my way to remind myself. And sometimes, you know, when you get serious, really kind of down and, and, you know, get all these stress into you, the first thing you do is just kind of look down. And the first thing you're going to see is your foot, your sock or something. <laughs> so if you see your sock no? being yeah, SpongeBob and Patrick, I mean, you're going to be like, oh, what, 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 wait, what? <laughs> you know, you just kind of get that, that, yeah. um, that push to get you out of that trance. And that's for me. And uh, if I change it up, I always do. And I, I think it's, I'm, I'm spending way too much money on, on those. <laughs> I think I have a bunch of socks now. So if I compete like 27 competitions in a, back in a back. year, then, <laughs> there's going to be like 20 freaking seven pairs of socks. And yeah, it's wow. not not ideal, but it is fun. It is something that, uh, yeah, I, I do retire some of my socks. Like I, mm-hmm. I signed them. <laughs> wow. I write I write the things that I did. It's like the, the socks uh, that I got, the eight ball socks that I got uh, when I jumped. Um, 80 no 93 that's something that i would never wear again right it's, yeah it's there it's a memorabilia it's it's probably gonna be stored somewhere and framed up and it's gonna be one of the things that probably gonna hang on my house mm. someday it's gonna be weird but it is it is my thing you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no i get you i get you is there no washing to that what i don't know oh i did what? wash that oh, no, no. oh I it. really really yeah <laughs> i need to wash it man Okay. You know, we 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 jump sometimes in the rain and in the dry, oh, so wow. shoes do get quite smelly. All right, right, disgusting right. fact. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, thank you, EJ, for having this chat with us, this this uh, casual conversation with us at off the hashtag off the record. Thank you again to our sponsor, uh, Narrow Wooden Watches. No, so if you liked our special series, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. For exclusive content, that's at the Project Offbeat. If you want to learn more from our guests, you can reach EJ Obiena on his uh, IG and uh, other social media accounts. Thank you again, EJ, for joining us for this hashtag off the record. Uh, I hope to see you again uh, winning more in the future. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks. EJ, wow. thank, thank, you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What an awesome Very, episode. Galing, galing. Guys. Thank you. Really yes. Thank you so much. It's, I have fun. Really, I, I enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you, EJ. Thank you, have EJ. a great thank night. Thank you. Thank you and so good much. Luck. Good luck, bro. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Please feel. Thank please you. Feel. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Have a good evening, guys. Thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs>